You may have sensed that people are changing jobs more frequently than ever these days, and if you have, you are probably right, according to a 2018 article from the Society for Human Resource Management. In 2010, employees left 20 million jobs compared with 2018, when that number nearly doubled. Even adjusting for retirement, the numbers are high, with millennials leading the way, and Gen Xers closely on their heels and baby boomers still at the lowest end of current and career-long job movement. While the research may be split on why this occurs, such as the desire for promotion opportunities, being under poor management, the chance to relocate, and of course, a wage increase, it seems that overall there's no denying that people are more likely today to move around the work world than ever. You're listening to the Karen 10 Podcast, where we bring alumni back inside Karen University. Today I'm joined by one successful alumna, Rachel Park, who graduated not long ago in 2010. Rachel started her professional career with the Campbell Soup Company as a retail business manager in the Virginia Beach area, where she promoted and executed sales initiatives directly in-store. She held additional corporate roles at the Campbell World Headquarter, located in Camden, New Jersey, including working in analyst and managerial positions. In 2014, Rachel took a promotion which allowed her to relocate to Campbell's field office in Northern California, and her most recent role was senior regional manager in the San Francisco region. Today, we welcome Rachel to discuss how she came to Cairn, what her career with Campbell Soup Company involved, and what she has experienced around the subject of job change and just what all of this has been like. And this podcast today is a conversation starter, and I hope that we can revisit some more specific advice for any of our alumni considering a job change at a future date. But for today, we want to talk a bit about these issues and a whole lot more. And because of that, I am really <laughs> happy to welcome you, Rachel, to the podcast. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It feels a little weird to be back on campus, but uh, it's refreshing too. You know, I wish I was wearing a backpack so I can feel like I'm uh, a student yes. again. <laughs> <laughs> back here as a student. Exactly. With the requisite backpack. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you. Wanted to start talking about, in general, business. That has been your field. Did you always want to go into business? I didn't. Um, I think when people look at my career now, they think it was pretty intentional, pretty mapped out. But I, honestly, I can say probably 90% of it <laughs> was not intended, nothing that I had ever planned for. And um, when I came to PBU slash Cairn, the biggest motivation was the dual level degree program. So initially, I was looking into the counseling program. Um, hmm. I think it was a big deal to be able to get your master simultaneously with your undergraduate degree. It's a time saver. It's a money saver. A lot of different good things about it. Um, but I think what I quickly found, and this was even before I got into the first year. So this was all this all happened within the first semester, right? Where I kind of realized I'm way too emotional to go into counseling. Meaning, if someone was to tell me their all of their problems, right. I'm going to take that home with me. Mm. And how are you going to have a career if you're going to take every single issue, all of them probably more negative and weighing down on you, home with you every day? And so I was kind of thinking through you know, what was the reason I wanted to go out, go into counseling. And a lot of that was around helping people and having a purpose of the job that I'm doing is servicing you, is servicing the organization, right? That was just kind of the general idea. And so slowly, somehow I got into 
business because you can mm. go into any organization, pro- um, for-profit, not-for-profit, non-profit, right? You can call a lot of different organizations and institutions a business. So I think I, for me, I looked at it from that perspective. Rather than saying I want to go into corporate America, right. I was like, yeah. well, it seems general enough that you are training yourself to be a good employee of an institution that's going to pay you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's why I went into business. And like I said, it was about the dual um, level degree program and business had one as well. So I was like, well, not really much, losing much, right? I've, mm-hmm. I've only taken gen eds thus far. You know, I haven't done anything specific to any major. So I felt like the change was one where it was – honestly something I probably haven't even thought about until you just asked me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to rehash a lot of these yeah, I'm doing old a thoughts lot. And, and feelings and that kind of <laughs> I'm doing a <laughs> lot of reflecting today. Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, how about Karen specifically? I don't know that it's a super dramatic story, but how did you wind up studying here as opposed to any other university, Christian or otherwise? Yeah. Uh, well, it's probably the same story as like 80, 80 other, 80% <laughs> of students here where, um, my mom actually got her master's uh, here. It's It was oh, yeah. PCB at the time, Philadelphia yeah. Biblical, or sorry, Philadelphia College of Bible. Yeah. Um, and she got her master's in education. She thought very highly of the school and and the like how deep rooted it was in, you know, Christian principles. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had a brother who came here, which I love him to death, probably doesn't influence my life as much. But I think it opened my eyes to the fact that you can get your college education from a Christian institute mm-hmm. and you don't have to want to go into ministry. That was, right. it, it, it's not something that I knew existed, right? And I mm-hmm. didn't even realize it was something that I wanted. But the moment that I knew I could get a degree in business, and a degree in Bible. So you're not sacrificing anything, right? Mm-hmm. You're not compromising one study for another. They're vo- both equally going to be um, full train, you know, full-time training, full degrees. Um, and I was like, I think that's great. I think as a Christian, it makes sense for me to desire learning in that context. So mm-hmm. um, introduction to Karen, I guess in, in, in yeah. you know, answering your question, how did I get to Karen? Well, I heard about it through a right. family member, mm-hmm. which is usually the case, mm-hmm. I think, for a lot of students. And um, it resonated with me, the mi- mission of the school, the vision that it has of you know, putting forth educated Christians all resonated with me. And that's why I came here. That's great. I didn't know your mom was a grad. Yeah. I just realized that right now. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah of course. We'll have to talk about that after the podcast. We need to make sure we send a mug along some goodies. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, how about your work with Campbell's? Talk about that. I mean, I confess, I read these. Of course, I know Campbell's Soup. And, you know, I used to work at a supermarket. I stocked a lot of, <laughs> can, you know, in high school, Campbell's Soup. They were yes. very difficult. Mm-mm, although good. they all looked the same, but they were very hard to line on top of one another. But yeah. what all this experience at Campbell's... Um, um, in brief, what did that entail? Oh, wow. That's a really heavy-weighted question. Can you put 10 years of your best <laughs> <laughs> experience into in two minutes like a minute and a half, listening. please? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which I actually, it's yeah. so funny. I was I'm, I got distracted because I really wanted to let you know that we made those cans stackable. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I think it's like 15 years ago. So it was, it was even before I came into the company, but they are stackable now. Because I would have been stacking them before I, I that initiative. And I'm like, you're welcome, high school students who have part-time now, positions as stockers in grocery stores. All of our stu- soups 
our, our canned soups are all stackable. This is a major sidebar. They may have to edit this whole part out. But I have to tell you, they were the bane of my existence. I know. Because one wrong touch and the I entire know. pile would collapse. And that was like, you know, ladies would be reaching back behind, yep. you know, uh, yep. to try to get something, you know. And I yep. and they'd knock the whole thing over. So. You have, and especially now, right, our, our, one of our bigger consumers are baby boomers and yeah. elderly folks. Uh-huh. And you have like right. 80-year-old women trying to re- reach like a 20-ounce can. <laughs> I mean, that's like a lawsuit waiting <laughs> yeah. to happen. Yes. Yeah. And even for me, because I started my career in the field, I've had instances, yeah. even though they're stackable, cans fall on my head wow. or fall on me. And so I know the pain. So yeah. It's like um, a Campbell's Rite of Passage. Yeah. You have to get exactly. bonked in the head. Exactly. You have to have that and cans. you have to have a jar can of pasta spill all over you, which right, I right. have had. Yeah. So I've earned my right yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be promoted. Yeah. yeah. So you actually, there was some retail involvement for you in yes. your experience. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think um, I think that's going to be the norm for a lot of students going into hmm. um, general corporate America. You know, I, I put in a tidbit at Chapel today about Hey, if you're if you're going into the CPG industry, you might be working for one company, and right. it's going to be, you know, bought the next day, or you buy another company, and all of a sudden you're owning forty percent of the grocery store. So it's a really small world. Right. So with that said, I think for any student wanting to go into any of these companies, they'll most likely start in that type of field position, right? Because right. Because um, in in this industry, that's the basics. Mm-hmm. Like you need to know what the grocery store looks like. You need to know what they're looking for. You need to know if you sell in a promotion, how that gets executed out, mm-hmm. right? And um, and not everyone starts their career that way. I don't want to make it seem mm-hmm. like you have to start with that job. But at least for me personally, as much as I disliked that job, the learning that. I got from that role I've taken into every single role I've had afterwards. So, um, so yeah, started mm. in the field. And I think people in the industry always have a lot more respect for me when I can, mm. again, the whole thing about, did you have a can fall on your head? Same concept right. of accreditation. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I've done that before too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about maybe pick one of the other roles that you had, maybe your favorite or another that was maybe the most interesting. And what were you doing at that time for Campbell's? So um, I actually want I really wanted to share this story because not a lot of people know this about my career because they see a consistency, you know, from a resume standpoint. But um, I had the role that field role, the retail business manager that we talked about for exactly one year and on the anniversary of my first year Campbell's switched from having a direct team which is would include me to going to a broker so now using a third party mm. to do that work so about I think it was like five six hundred people got laid off in that instance which actually included me mm. and um I know I was like okay this is not part of the plan yeah. right this is not how I imagined developing my career. And funny enough, I'm getting slightly sidetracked here, but funny enough, I actually really disliked this job. I Everything was perfect. The, the pay, my manager, the company that I was working for, but the job in itself wasn't what I expected. And mm. I, I was having a very hard time with it. But rationally, I knew I couldn't quit um, because... I don't have experience. Like I, I'm not going to be able to find a job just as easy somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I, my prayer, and I believe in having specific prayers. And I, I was like, dear God, 
thank you. I know this is a blessing, so I do thank you for that. Just get me through one year. Yeah. That's what I prayed. I, I think about that now. I was like, yeah. I should have said like 18 months and see if I got laid off in 18. But I was like, dear God, just get me through one year. Because mm. that with that, I know I can put that on my resume and find a different job. Mm. Less than that, I don't think I can. Right. So I said, just get me through a year. And oh my gosh, anniversary of first year, I get on a phone call, 600 people la are laid off. And I remember hanging up the phone and I was like, Dear God, again, <laughs> thank you for everything that you Dude, give right. me, but this was not what I meant. And so it put me in a position mm. that I never thought I would find myself in of like, okay, God, what next, right? When I, when I think about asking that question to God, I don't think this was the scenario I envisioned. But what happened was, even though these direct positions of field roles are taking off, they then created a retail department because oh, now okay. you need a handful of people at the very least who know what they're doing to mm -hmm. help lead this group of new brokers that they've hired. So I was promoted. It was actually a promotion mm -hmm. into an analyst role mm -hmm. at World Headquarters. That's what brought me back. And mm -hmm. the thing is my manager, who I absolutely loved, like I said, God provided all the other factors around me disliking my job. Everything else was unimaginably awesome. And I had this amazing manager who I'm still friends with now who knew, he knew I didn't want to be in that role. And he's mm -hmm. like, I promise I will do everything that I can to get you promoted, but I can't do it in less than 18 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. There's just, that's just how career mapping works in yeah. companies. They kind of have a stint and a time frame that they want you to be in it. And he's like, I promise I'll get you into something else, but I need you to hold on for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And between me and God, it was 12 months, but he mm -hmm. wanted 18. So here I am going into an analyst role, being promoted into it in 12 months, which is the fastest that they had anyone come into headquarters from the field. Mm -hmm. And so I got into this job and it was awesome in the sense that I enjoyed doing it. And it was difficult in the sense that because it's newly created, there was no job description. Mm -hmm. And that's another aspect right. of, I think, careers in, um, in corporate America Companies are going through changes every single day, every single year. So jobs exist, they get eliminated, they get shifted, they get put under de different departments. And so that's part of the skill sets that you need to develop in, hey, we're gonna call it an analyst role and you'll probably be working with some data, but you might be doing 10 different other things. We're right, not sure, right. but we'll figure it out as we go. Mm -hmm. And so that role, one, is the most memorable because of the blessing that it is to me in my life and my relationship with God, obviously. So that's always going to be the highlight. Um, secondly, it's, it's memorable because it's an example of it's, – it's a glimpse of all the roles I've had in the future where – we're flying the plane without the GPS. Hmm. So you, you still got to do your day job, heads down, work hard, never fully knowing if this is what you're supposed to be doing yeah, or, or yeah. you know, if you're doing a good job yeah. and things of that sort. So, and it's also probably the only job that I had where it's like a universal title. So if yeah, I say right. analyst, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I kind of yeah, have an great. idea of what yep. you're doing. So it's, just, it's a perfect snapshot, mm. I think, of we joked earlier about yeah. putting my 10-year career into a two-minute conversation. Yeah, yeah, that one was probably the best yeah. one to mm -hmm. give you a little bit of a snapshot what sure. working in corporate America looks like. Right, yeah. Well, and I started with some of these, just a couple of basic uh, observations, statistics on people changing positions. So 
Is that something that you've observed? Do you feel like, you know, being a grad from 2010, you know, alumni or even not alumni mm-hmm. who graduated 20 years ago? Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, here's the, so here's the classic, sorry, millennial question, <laughs> you know, do you feel like you see that more among your peers, people looking to move either within mm-hmm. or without companies? Um, it certainly appears that way. And, and I don't think it's just for so-called millennials either, I think, as some of the statistics bear out, um, it it is becoming overall a more common thing. Have you observed that? Yes, definitely. Yes to pretty much all your questions. So I think the reason the focus is on millennials is because of the reason behind why people are switching jobs. So I think Mm. millennials are actively doing it. Mm. I think, um, uh, is it baby boomers that are right before us? Generation X, probably. Generation X. I thought that they were after us. Oh, or because uh, it's X Y. Oh, X Y Z. You're right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. It, you know, it's so confusing. No, actually, I don't even know. No, no, no. This actually matters because no. when I was a category manager, like these were the terms I was using oh, to right? share my insights. So I, oh. I don't know why I got so confused okay. all of a sudden. But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So millennials actively choose uh, to be um, purposeful about the next job they find. I think for okay. baby boomers and probably Gen Xers. They're forced into that. So what Hmm. I mentioned earlier about um, companies restructuring, in the 10, almost 10 years that I've been at Campbell's, there's been a restructure every single year, which translates to, you know, corporate America terms, layoffs, right? Right, And sometimes we've had more than one Yeah, people being forced out. Exactly. And so I'm actually a unicorn (laughs) in that I've been, that I am a millennial and that I've been with the company for so long Mm because you don't see that. 10 years is so long 10 years is so long. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. You know, and it is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of like how many people I actually started working at Campbell's with in let's say out of like the hundred people that I might've started, I maybe know like five who are still there mm-hmm. for one reason mm-hmm. or another. Yeah. And I think the examples that you outlined at the beginning of, hey, here's what research says of why people leave, I think they're all true. So like I said, if you, you get laid off, then you are forced to find a new job and it actually has nothing to do with your competency level. So that's a little tidbit that I wanted to put into mm-hmm. of, of encouraging folks who may have lost their job. One, as Christians, we should never fear because. God's got it under control. He might want you exactly where he needs you to be. Like for me, my layoff was a bit of a shocker, but I was exactly where God had designed for me to be. And I was exactly where I prayed (laughs) to be. So that was partially my fault. But, you know, for people who have faced layoffs and who are almost 100% bound to face layoffs at some point in their future, one, I want them to take heart and be encouraged that it's so normal now in the industry that interviewers don't blink an eye. Yeah. They're like, hey, why are you looking for a new job? Well, I lost my old one. Oh, okay. We, we heard about that. Mm-hmm. We knew Campbell's was going through changes, so mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise us. So we know it had nothing to do, nothing to do with your competency level. Like you weren't right. fired. You were just laid off, right? So that's a huge reason. From a strategic standpoint, for um, any students going out into the world now or maybe more um, newbie alum, uh, I I actually would encourage them to all to consider moving companies because from mm. a salary standpoint, that's the only way you're going to get a salary boost. And I know it's not about money, but here's my th- thoughts on it. It's never about money. I, I know that. But that does not mean you should not be paid competitively. 
because we are all doing the same work. We're working just as hard. So it's you're doing a disservice to yourself and the work that you're doing by being willing to not be paid as well or you know competitively just because you you want to make sure it's not about the money. I think that's a whole yeah. different conversation you're mm-hmm. having about God, right? Because he's not going to be like, you shouldn't make money. He's just saying, when you have money, how are you using it? How are you prioritizing it? Where do I fall in that, right? So from a, again, from a strategic advice standpoint, don't jump, obviously, year after year from one company to another. That doesn't look good on paper. But right. after two, three years, if you're like, you know what, I want to try a different role and none of the roles I want to go into are open here and another company has one, go there. Or, you know, maybe you're like, hey, I initially was aligned with the vision of this company, but I don't think that's where the world is going now. I don't think that's where we're trending. So I want to go to a different company that I think is more forward thinking. Right. So I I really want to make sure people feel very comfortable and very confident about moving jobs. Like I said, be smart about it. It it doesn't look good on paper that if you've only been in a role eight months and then you jump and you've been in a role a year and you jump. Um, Although I have friends who are amazing employees who have a resume that looks like that because they're in um, especially out in California. Right. We have a lot of startups. So they join a company, it gets right. bought, it gets sold, um, or whatnot. So then it's technically like getting laid off, and so they have to find something else. So it, just make sure it's not cookie cutter. Because if you're in an industry like a, of, of startups or anything entrepreneurial, it, it is possible that you're going to be in a job for six months, eight months, and then have to change to another one. But I guess bottom line, long story longer, hmm. my conclusion is, I, th- I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's it's the new norm and we have to be ready to embrace that. We have to be ready to adapt to that. Yeah. Well, you hit that final question well. I didn't even ask it. My question was going to be about, you know, advice for people who are in that position. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's some, some great counsel and observation. Um, well, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it, Rachel. Thanks for being here. And thanks, alumni, for listening. I would really like for you to join in on the conversation here. That's one of our intentions. So I'd encourage you to post your own thoughts on this issue anywhere below where you see this podcast. And feel free to let us know if you have specific questions that we can try to provide professional answers through other podcasts like this. As I mentioned, this is really a conversation starter. It's a much larger issue. Mm -hmm. We have people at all different perspectives Mm -hmm. and spectrums of the career Um, Maybe if we have uh, some from Generation X like myself or someone who is on the other end of the spectrum, they may have a different perspective, but it's great to have uh, yours today, Rachel. Uh, We have deep networks here at Cairn, and I have no doubt that we have experts associated with us who could help tackle any questions you have, so you can feel free to let us know what they may be regarding these subjects. After all, you are our alumni, and this is one of our top priorities at Cairn, to be a resource to you. So please do let us know how we can help you. Thanks for listening, and do stay tuned for Rachel's own Cairn 10. She's been preparing diligently. I am so ready. So ready. (laughs) You ready to move? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Who is your favorite professor? Professor Hardesty. Which book did you read during your time that had the greatest impact on you? Good Intentions. What spot on campus do you remember the most fondly and why? The pond. 
which class rock you most at the core? And you do get a because if you want it on this one. Personal finance. I almost want to ask a follow-up on that, but no, I will stick with the rules. Mystery. Who was your first roommate? Jen. What was your favorite non-academic related thing to do while you were a student here? Aslan. Asian students loving all nations. Which food in the cafeteria was your go-to? The deli. What was your favorite off-campus spot to go with friends? Uh, there's a shady little Chinese restaurant. Oh, yeah? <laughs> next to the train tracks. So yeah. That's not one word, but I don't even know what it's called. Is it called. still there now? I don't know. Okay. You it was, it was, it was kind of really shady. Like, there's no tables or anything. It was just quick takeout. Nice. Chinese takeout. Yeah. What did you miss most after you graduated? Miss Deborah Felix. And what is the one thing about Cairn that you hope will never change? Dr. Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Park's own Cairn 10. In one of the quickest times I think we've ever been through. Pretty good, right? That's great. I was ready. I was ready. Yeah, (laughs) awesome.